0: what's going Hi. on man
1: not much
2: can you hear me
0: i can Hold cool on. yeah sorry i just saw your text I'm, I'm, a, you. I'm an idiot where the hell are you that it's so warm
1: it is a sunny day here in seattle <laughs> but it, it's it is chilly
0: <laughs> i was gonna say you look you look like you're dressed for the summer man look like, I'm over here in winter gear. It's warm in this room because the sun's coming in and
2: like making it cook uh, in here, but it's pretty chilly, but we're actually having a nice day, which is
1: awesome because it's been shit for a while.
0: Hell yeah, man. Oh, well, dude, thanks for doing this, man. Thanks for, uh, the invitation. I've <laughs> never been interviewed for anything other than shitty jobs before. So. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, uh, it's, uh, it's definitely is not a formal podcast this uh people often ask me they're like hey do you have any prepared questions and I'm like no nah, man we're just you know we're just gonna hit play and, and, and do and do it live so yeah man but uh I am interested um but yeah fucking it. do it live do it live I'll do it we'll do it live fucking stupid thing sucks yeah channel my Bill O'Reilly uh but um yeah, I say the same thing at the beginning of every podcast, and I'll say it again now. Um, I like to, you know, the people I invite on are people that I know very vaguely things about that make them interesting, and I purposely don't mm-hmm. go in any deeper than that because the way I, my logic is is if someone met you on the okay, I always I talk I always talk to people in the sauna at the gym. I've met more people than I can fucking count there. I don't have any, like, research questions for them. I don't know anything about them. I just start talking to them, and I find out who they are. So I I find out someone interesting so that the podcast is interesting, so I'm not just, you know, getting getting Bob from accounting. But I, I don't go any deeper than that because I want whoever's listening to this, I want them to feel like they're here and that they don't know you either. So uh, let's – uh. Fuck, dude. Let's just jump into it. Introduce yourself as much as you'd like, and uh, yeah, let's go from there.
1: Well, uh, I'll just say my name is Philip. Okay. And uh, I'm uh, just a a guy out here in the world. And um, ever since I accidentally joined a cult in about 2003, I've I've been really fascinated with cults. Uh Uh-huh uh just because of uh you know how close my encounter was with them mm-hmm. and so i eventually found that subreddit on reddit there the Colts uh subreddit and just made a post on there that i thought people might find interesting that i had a i joined a cult on accident because so they're, they're really crafty about yeah. it they don't just say hey we're a cult." yeah and uh generally, generally no cult does that yeah but usually it, it looks like a cult because you've got like a bunch of people around
3: like a leader guy, so, okay. you know that. And usually, usually the leader's there. Okay. But this was different. It was so large okay. that it was like across. It was across, spread across the globe, Oh, across Jesus.
1: multiple countries.
3: Oh Jesus! And
1: the the guru, the guru guy was like pretty exclusive. Uh-huh. Like I did eventually see him in person a couple times, uh-huh. but it was. Uh, in Arizona and I'm in Washington. Yeah. And uh, so it, it didn't seem like a cult at first. It seemed like a big Korean yoga uh, company. <laughs> yeah. And it, it didn't take me long, though. I was like, oh, that, that's what's going on here. And that's why they were acting that way. Yeah. And so and then you can see the design yeah. from the beginning moment you walk in the door, everything's designed just to to slow, like rope you in and make you just turn over your whole life to them. Ideally.
0: Yeah. And you said, uh, you said, fuck that noise.
1: I did. And I was already committed, not only financially, uh, I'd signed up for a year Mm -hmm. because it was a better price that way.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And it's just another, another way they got me roped in. Mm -hmm. But, uh, I also had friends. I had a, I had a whole like really a, a strong community in there. And I was looking for something spiritual because I was I am and was kind of a spiritual fellow. Yeah. And, uh, and I have a lot of friends still that I grew up with. But uh, I felt at the time when I was like 22 years old that I wanted just like deeper connections, deeper conversations about more important stuff other than just like what kind of rims. People were saving up for for their ride or whatever yeah and uh so it was just kind of the perfect storm where basically i I, uh, I started doing yoga because i had gotten into fitness and i started running but then i was so tight in my body from running i would like lay down and be spasming and i didn't know how to relax so i started doing yoga and I found it very beneficial and then I went. Uh, I moved to a different neighborhood on the completely other side of Seattle, and uh, started looking for a new yoga studio. And I was walking through the U District, and uh, the University District. Uh, for those who don't know, it's a northern part, kind of a hip, young part of Seattle. Okay. And I was just walking down the strip, and I saw it, and it said Yoga, Tai Chi, Meditation, and I was like, Well, that sounds like all the things I'm into. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and, uh, first of course they're they're casting a wide net there.
3: Yeah. They, I mean
1: they'll just put any they're going to put any buzzword
3: up there that they possibly could yeah. to get people to come in. So I go in and there's a, a attractive
2: young lady uh working there and then I learned later that I was like
1: the first person she talked to. Oh yeah. And so she was super nice. I was like the first customer that uh she ever encountered and so uh she was very happy to see me and eager to talk to me, which I felt, you know, like, oh this this young woman is giving me attention. Yeah. And and uh she's attractive and oh sweet. Yeah. So this is cool. And then so she set me with a an energy evaluation with the the headmaster okay. of their little place there. It did have sort of a martial arts vibe to the place. So I was like, Okay, I guess like it's just, it's kinda different, it's kinda Asian. They're Korean, so they have like kind of a martial arts like background. And so they have like a headmaster. And I was like, okay, that seems um, cool enough. And then a few days later, uh, I would go to my appointment with the headmaster guy. And we go into his office, and it's sort of like we do like a little meditation uh, session. And it was pretty, it was not creepy, even though we were like in a room uh alone together this you know light some incense and mm-hmm. do a little meditation and he had me lie down on the ground and he starts uh kind of like poking at my belly and pretty much i'm sure it would work the same on everyone but he was like let me tell me when it hurts and he'd like poke on my belly and i'd be like ow and he'd be like oh that's not good that's that's like a old person you're only 22 years old yeah. you've got like the the body of an old old man i was like oh okay if you say so man yeah i guess and because you know, there's so many i saw so many people there giving this guy so much respect it kind of gives you this air like oh this guy must yeah. knows what he's doing he's yeah. I, everyone here like is, is giving him respect so uh they said he says you should start coming to classes right away i was like yeah I'm, i you didn't have to and convince me it seemed like a an interesting thing to try out and then uh once i started doing the classes it was really weird but that i was okay with that because i'm a weird person yeah. and uh, like it was the type of thing it was in the u district so like sort of meathead uh college dudes would walk by and like bang on the windows yeah and be like hey man look at you you dumbass yeah and i was totally fine i was totally fine with that i considered that like a challenge yeah. like are you strong enough do what you're gonna do, even when like people are yeah. making fun of you or yeah. whatever.
0: Don't react to it. Yeah, it can yeah,
1: yeah, and just yeah, just keep uh keep on plowing forward on your path. Yeah, and then so, uh, not long after that, I was into it. I thought it was really a, um, like just different, and it was playful. And there was a lot of people in there that really had. They were good people for sure. Even the people that were. Total devotees to the cult were like really sweet, nice people. They didn't know or think that they were doing anything wrong or harmful. And uh, they invited me to this. Um, they called it, it was like a youth conference, and okay. they were said it was at their retreat center in Sedona, Arizona. And I come to find later that that Sedona, Arizona, is like a hub for like. Kind of metaphysical, new age,
3: uh, kind
1: of happenings.
3: Okay,
1: and I was like, okay, I was out in Arizona, and they said it's all—it's all the young people. You must go. They kept saying that you you must go, and uh, they said this—this guy's going, this girl's going, all the—all the young people are going. So I was like, okay, it sounds cool. How much is it? And it was like seven hundred bucks for the weekend. Jesus, I was like, whoa! I'm not. I can't. I can't do that. And they're like, can, can, like, uh, can you put it on a credit card? They're like really kind of pushy about the financial thing. It was just like, no way, man. And, uh, so they knew how hard not to push me. And basically I negotiated with them down to a hundred bucks for the weekend. Okay. And they just, they just wanted people to be there. And they knew that if, if they could turn me into, um, a master or like a teacher, that they would get so much more out of yeah, me anyway. Yeah. Just in
3: terms of free labor, uh-huh.
2: that it was worth it. And uh, so I got a cheap plane
1: ticket, flew out there, and uh, I mean, just a hundred bucks for a weekend retreats—a a screaming deal. Yeah. So I was pretty happy with that yeah. I negotiated it, them down. Yeah. Everyone else paid you know, hundreds of dollars for it. Yeah. And then uh, we got up there, and it was. It was a, a trip, man. As soon as I got there, there was I found it was like a two-hour drive, I think, from Phoenix. So I found some other people that were traveling to the conference uh, that were also from uh, just out of town. We met at the airport and like shared a shuttle van out to Sedona. Mm-hmm. So I got to know some of these people and that I would come to know really well just on the shuttle ride out there. And then uh, once we got there, there was like maybe uh, maybe
3: like 700, 800 people oh,
1: geez. out there, and it was this pre- it was this pretty elaborate um, like acreage where they had their retreat center, and there was a couple dozen structures and different buildings, and they had some portable kind of buildings and some big uh, permanent buildings so he got there and it's like whoa man this organization is really yeah, like uh, pretty substantial it's not just like these little yeah.
3: shops
0: yeah, spread not, across not, not just a bunch of crazy young 20 year olds just like hey we're going out It's no. seems like it's got it was seems like yeah, they got their shit together that
3: there was
1: millions probably tens of millions of dollars involved and <sighs> there was you know at least a, a few hundred kids young people from uh, Korea oh shit that flown out there just for the from Korea just for this thing. I think they were probably doing some other stuff, like maybe they were there for a couple weeks or a few weeks, and that this weekend conference was just part of their trip. But uh, we started doing, getting into it, doing the energy work, and uh, getting doing like group meditation.
0: What was the stuff uh, that was all? What was the energy work?
1: Um, they would uh, have you do like exercises where. Um, A lot of it was, like, repetitive, but, like, you would kind of get into, like, a trance. Mm -hmm. Like, you might just, like, uh, there's a lot of tapping, which is, like, kind of an old-school Asian kind of uh, yoga thing to, like, move the energy. It it wasn't just a Korean thing, but Mm -hmm. they would, like, tap on the head for a while, and then, like, you tap on your chest for a while, then you tap on your belly for a while, and uh, you could just kind of move around the whole body doing that um, Mm -hmm. for An extended amount of time might be 20 minutes it might be 10 minutes just to get warmed up it might just be for like an hour Mm -hmm. and then and then uh then you would like sort of stop and meditate and feel the energy and that was all well and good and uh but it wasn't until the um the the leader guy, this guru that they all basically worship as as a living god. His name they call him Ilchi Lee, okay. Doctor Ilchi Lee. I doubt He's actually a doctor of anything. <laughs> I don't I don't think that's his real name. It's sort of like one of the cult leaders usually take on like a uh-huh, new name uh-huh. that means something to them, like divine, the divine yeah. one or something. Yeah, and I think that's basically what his name translated to. Yeah, was, uh, but he's known pretty much uh infamously now as Ilty lee okay and it was i think we got there on a friday and it wasn't till saturday night that he showed up and they whipped everyone it was the weirdest thing they whipped everyone into the frenzy like we were in this main like sort of gymnasium kind of area it was like the main meeting hall where they could fit everyone in there and
3: he was about to to show up and they were like Tonight, we are going to meet Il Lee. Like, can you believe this? And everyone was like, What? And it was like, oh, okay. Like, oh, okay. We're supposed to be get excited. All right. Excited.
1: And I, yeah. And I played along with it like a little bit. Yeah. Like, like, Oh, all, all right, man. You know, I wasn't about to like take a bullet for the guy or anything, but they were getting. Yeah. I was just like, oh, all, we're, we're getting hyped up. All right. Cool.
0: Oh, yeah. Cool. All I'm right. Sure. Yeah. I'll, I'll get knocked. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I was just just having fun with it, yeah. and then uh, there was it was apparent that there were some people that were already true believers, as they say in okay. like cult speak. Okay, it's like a term for people that are devotees and believe it a hundred percent. They yeah. call them true believers. Okay, and uh, you could see that there was people like genuinely like fucking hyped <laughs> to the max, <laughs> gritting teeth, like yes, yeah. <laughs> you know. <kind> of, <laughs> Right. And then, this uh,
0: is what i've been waiting for <laughs>
1: like oh yeah and it was so so funny how they hyped it up like okay five minutes five minutes and then oh okay okay everybody like straighten your hair out of it. five minutes it was the just the weirdest thing and then he showed up and walked in the door sort of like hello <sighs> i'm here and the place was just going nuts and uh, it was just such a, a crazy scene okay and then and then he just you know kind of talked like cult leaders always do they talk some like vague yeah. stuff about how like the the world needs us the yeah. world is dying and yeah. we're, we're going to save humanity and then that is actually when they revealed like their their sort of vision mm
2: mm-hmm.
1: was that um they have this they had this vision that they were which is actually quite commendable if it wasn't clouded by all the weirdness and mm-hmm. the the dark side of it was that they wanted to save the world by creating a 100 million dawn healers okay and what they mean by dawn healers is their their organization which at the time was called dawn yoga okay spelled d a h n like a korean word and like every it created a lot of confusion everyone always thought it was like dawn as in the morning yeah. morning yoga dawn yoga yeah. actually it was korean HN okay. yoga and they wanted to create a uh, 100 million dawn healers and it would create this like shift in the consciousness of humanity that would like get us back on the right path and at the time
2: i was like yo that is that's cool these people have a vision
3: Uh
1: they're they've got like a defined goal and they're they're shooting for it with everything they have and like i can respect that and i was willing to like be part of it and help out and and be like a participant but i i at no point did i think i want to leave my family behind Mm -hmm. my friends and my whole life behind and just dedicate everything to this and but that's really what they wanted from us especially the young people they wanted young people that could become teachers and like lead their lead their locations and just dedicate their whole life to it and young people are easier to manipulate mm-hmm. because not only have they they have less experience but they're less set in their ways yeah they have less responsibility they don't have like a family and a mortgage and a, and they're, a they're, job
0: their brain isn't years. fully they're, developed brain isn't fully developed till yeah. you 25.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, uh, so they were really zeroing that's and eventually figured out that was the whole point of this weekend retreat just for like young people. And there was older people there too, but they were, I think they were invited because they had like a young energy, you know, it'd be like some, there'd be every so often like someone in their 60s or something, but it was like a real
2: spitfire, like little old lady or yeah. You know, an older guy that was just
1: kind of like, yeah, man, like, let's do it.
3: Yeah. Uh, ninety,
1: ninety five percent like people in their 20s and okay. maybe uh, a little a few people in their 30s as well. But um, so I did that that uh, retreat and it was it was fun and everything. And then um, me- the, the main thing that got me about that weekend was I made so many. Friends, mm-hmm. and we would do these like meditations together, and immediately felt this bond with them because they were on like this sort of spiritual tip of things, mm-hmm. and uh, I was like looking for that, you know. Mm-hmm. And so went back, came back to Seattle, and continued going to classes. And actually, uh, the um, the physical work was actually really powerful. Uh. And you'll find that with a lot of cults as well like there's that there's some validity to like the physical practices mm-hmm. and um it kind of reminded me of uh when i read malcolm x's autobiography he talked about being in the the brother that islamic brotherhood of mm-hmm. the nation of islam so is they call it and talked about when he was in that and that's just straight up a cult they had their cult leader mm-hmm. if you're not familiar with that and um it was his name. They called him the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. <laughs> Remember, they always had to call him the Honorable. Yeah. Um, Malcolm X described how they were they were really adept at saving alcoholics.
2: Okay. Uh,
1: from from their life of alcoholism, so there's you know, there's always some validity to parts of the cult. Um, structure or else it just like wouldn't take right mm-hmm. so they had these these practices that were as far as i know i could be wrong but i i believe they're rooted in like ancient korean type of energy work yoga that's also um just sort of rooted in the dao like Taoism.
0: uh-huh yeah yeah, I'm, a, yeah I'm, a, was, I'm familiar with Taoism. yeah
1: nice and um so it was it was all really uh power some really powerful stuff. I felt like I was clearing out like childhood trauma
2: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, one of the more um extreme things we did is they had this another weekend of retreat, but it was in Seattle and it was like it wasn't overnight, but it was a two day intensive like thing where it was it was a good like ten hours each day. And uh, they actually rented out this big, big conference room at the REI, the main REI in Seattle. It was funny because we were all wearing like our martial art type. It was
2: like a gi almost. And and that was like their uniform, which was pretty creepy in retrospect. (laughs) And when I'd show, it was like my, I'd show, I'd show my friends like the clips, like pictures from, the weekend that
1: i had with the the yoga organization and everyone's wearing white yeah <laughs> white. <laughs> yeah uh, and they're like oh that looks that looks kind of weird man i'm like yeah it's just a it's, hey, a, it's yeah. a it's a martial art thing they're kind of mar- they're into martial arts yeah you know, asian that's what yeah. they do and it's they're like I've okay been... man but then a couple hundred people show up at the rei wearing all white and they're like oh okay oh, people shit. Are looking at us kind of weird but then uh it was i remember it was called shim sung
3: okay. which
1: i believe translated to true self okay and it was all about finding your true self this weekend and uh, it was very that was pretty
3: much straight up like a cult deprogramming like wipe the slate clean yeah, and well, like start yeah, okay
1: start fresh type
3: uh, okay
1: and uh one of the one of the, without going into that weekend too much, one of the, the oh,
0: crazy you, you things. You can go we into it. I'm, was, I, I got all the time in the world, were, man. Oh,
1: all right, let's do it. They, yeah, um, let's go. They had us hold this position. It was called like, I think it was called like crane, crane, something or other, but it was like a really uncomfortable position where we kind of like stood like this with our, our knees kind of pitched inward, like tented inward at each other. And you held this position And they said uh, that they were going to hold it like you just no matter what, don't give up on the position, like keep holding it. Even if you cry or have to scream, you just have to hold hold it and break through the other side and you will find your true self. Okay. And so uh, I think they told us it was going to be 15 minutes. And then we were doing this. We were holding it. And uh, I think they were they were playing some songs and. Um, this was a good long time ago now, so I'm trying to recall what wow. happened. They would play some songs, and then they would sort of just talk to us for a while. It was a lot of stuff to like keep you distracted, mm-hmm. and then it was apparent, it was obvious after a little while that it had been longer than 15 minutes. Yeah. Like well, well, longer. <laughs> We're going into like past 20 minutes now, and people are starting to cry
3: oh, and shit. stuff,
1: and then and i i felt my body starting to just like you know palsy from hold this thing and it was like oh but they were like they would come around and it was especially the people like the headmaster from my little uh or location there he was trying i could tell i could hear his voice and he was coming around me a lot like trying to encourage me and uh uh another common thing with cults is they create like a dialect that's okay. only understandable within the organization okay. and so students, they called Do-Wu-Nim uh, which meant like students So he would, he would call me Philip do nim and he'd be like Philip Do-Wu-Nim you can do it, you can do this like hold it, you are strong enough to do it and I'd be like okay man <laughs> like whatever you say and uh, long story short they had us hold that for 50 minutes Jesus and, the, and then
2: yeah and then when we stopped I was actually kind of angry like when we stopped like what the
1: hell dude and, and the the main guy that was actually like I think flown in from Korea they had like a specialist to like lead lead this workshop and when and he, he seemed like a really nice guy you know yeah. to be honest with you yeah. and uh, he was like um, how do you know how long you held that for?" and everyone was like he was like, it was longer than 15 minutes. And people are like, yeah, we know guy. And he was like, you held for 50
2: minutes. And I couldn't, I couldn't tell you essentially said, I couldn't tell you it was only going to be 15 or it was going to be 50
1: minutes or else you would have given up way too soon. Tell you 15 minutes. And then we tell you just 10 more minutes. And we tell you just five more minutes. Yeah. And that gets you to push through your barriers and that was a, a common theme there was getting you to push through barriers. Yeah. What a, a really common thing they had there was push ups. They'd have you say, like, How many push ups do you think you can do? Like, I don't know, uh, uh, maybe 25 or something. And so, okay, you try. And then you get down on the ground and do push ups. And I think I said I could do 25. And then I ended up doing like 28 or 29. And then they're like, All right, tomorrow you'll do 30. And then the next day i did like you know 33 or something Mm -hmm. they're like oh see you're pushing through barriers and Mm -hmm. then uh, your goal should be 100 and i was like okay i started doing working on doing 100 push-ups and it was pretty empowering you know i was like dang dude i I did 100 Mm -hmm. push-ups i'm sure my form was absolutely horrible because that was not important (laughs) but uh, (laughs) i think i messed up my shoulder (laughs) right but um it just it was getting deeper going deeper down the rabbit hole making more friends and they would do as much as they could to sort of um separate you from the rest of your life The more like if
2: you would give them an inch they would like try to get you to come a couple inches past
1: that and um like one thing they had a they would have little functions and whatnot, and
2: they would have people volunteer. I think I volunteered to get some money taken
1: off of my monthly thing. Mm-hmm. I would uh, at one point I actually walked around canvassing a neighborhood with one of like the lower masters. We would walk around these neighborhoods, like just putting their little flyers yeah in like mailboxes or handing them to people, and, and uh, that felt weird. For sure. And yeah. looking back, I was pretty like, embarrassed by that yeah. aspect. Like, man, I can't believe I did that. Yeah. But at the time, I thought I was doing like a good thing Yeah. and uh, helping people. And then uh, the next step, logically, was to become a dawn healer. Mm-hmm. And I thought, yeah, totally. I've, I've gotten a lot out of this, and I believe in this practice. I don't really care about the guru guy or whatever, but I like my friends. I like the the headmaster guy, even though he's a little bit pushy. I think like I thought he was definitely a powerful dude. He was he was like a I think a Taekwondo expert or something. So he was pretty impressive in his abilities. And so I kind of looked up to him for that. And he was probably like in his mid to late thirties. And uh, I think they actually put him because he was kind of young and hip. Even though he didn't speak English very well, but they put him in, at, at that location because young people would come in yeah. and like sort of vibe with the younger yeah. guy, and it was just everything was designed, you know, for their, their yeah. end goal of.
3: Yeah,
1: I think they they believed in the hundred million healer thing, but overall the organization was just this like vacuum, like trying to suck people in, in into the fold, and uh, so the healer thing was. It was like five grand or something. I think it was somewhere around that forty six hundred, maybe. And uh, it was a week. It was a week long training this time in Sedona at the same retreat center again. And then it was. I think it was five days, like a Monday through Friday thing. And then you did continuation classes at your your home city for another like three or four months. And then you went back uh, to the retreat center in Sedona to get like the final like graduation basically yeah. And that was just like a 2 thing and so I've been in I've been involved for about three months and then uh I, I went off to the healer training thing and before I even left I was uh I was having some reservations about like just a lot of stuff that was going on there like they were trying to like push me to spend less time with my family Uh, like i was like i can't i can't make that thing i've got to have dinner with like my mom and my brother and they'd be like oh (laughs) philip going in those those people don't understand you know they don't understand i was like uh uh, okay man like what's your problem with my mom
3: yeah (laughs) yeah it's my (laughs)
0: family yeah it's sweet
1: She's a sweet lady, man. I don't. Yeah. I, that started to make me kind of raise an eyebrow. You're too and smart. Then, You're uh, too smart said, for it.
0: That you've got, you've got too much. Your IQ is too high to be molded by them. You're like, dude, fuck off. That's my mom. <laughs> I,
1: guess, uh, I <laughs> yeah. appreciate that as a compliment. Uh, I've done plenty of stupid things and probably will continue to.
0: But hey, um, hey I, I think I'm only. I look at. I think. I look at my lifelong stupidity checkbox, and I got a feeling I'm just getting to the end of the first page. <laughs> like I'm, I'm 29, and I'm like, um, every once in a while, I'm like, I think I've got it figured out. You yeah, I've done some, I've done some dumb shit, man. That was in a fraternity in college, and it's in hindsight, I was like, oh damn, that was a cult. <laughs>
1: like, a what college?
0: A fraternity, a frat, like Greek life. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was, I was 19. Uh-huh. I was in it for like two years, and I transferred to schools. Hindsight, I'm like. That's a fucking cult, <laughs> like. But yeah, okay. it's, yeah. Everything yeah, you're. I'm t- sure there
1: was a lot of shared aspects. Absolutely,
0: sure. yeah. But like, what they had at the end was like, it did end, and, it, and they were transparent in that there's no like, you're gonna be a healer and we're gonna change the world. It's like if you get in this frat, this yeah. dude, you're gonna drown in beer and pussy. <laughs> it was like, yeah. so that was like, in that sense, they were transparent and they they followed through with their promise, but. Yeah, it's
1: and they know how they knew how to rope you in. Right? Absolutely. 19, oh,
0: absolutely. 19. You're 19. You're at a new college. You, all your friends went to different schools. You're away from mom and dad. You don't want to be GDI at goddamn independent. You're at the dorms. Look at all these cool parties going on. And there's only a couple frat houses on campus. And unlike going to all these dorm parties where it's 10 guys to one girl, these parties, yeah. it's one guy to one girl. And it's private property. No one can come in. It's a big old mansion right by the bars, all the bartenders are members of the frat, all the security guys, they'll let you in you don't have to pay cover at the bar ooh, all you have to do is be a pledge for six months, alright, yeah sure, I'll do it, you don't know anyone
1: I was but. I was uh, honestly envious of the, of the college scene when I was about that age, because I never went to like formal college sure. of any kind, I did some community college but we did sort of, we formed our own Independent
3: frat. Oh yeah, of,
1: of like our friends that were went to school. in Yeah, the and then our other our, our hometown friends that went to college elsewhere. Whenever they came home, that was like the de facto frat. They were we had the, this old grandma house. Yeah, in like a shitty part. Of, it was like this huge house. Yeah, that was like it looked like and lived in by a grandma forever. and then yeah. they moved out, and then the family just rented it out. Yeah, and <laughs> so we had these two bands living in there and practicing. Yeah, and that was a crazy scene so i did we kind of made our own frat yeah i like, to right? box yeah i remember we, definitely
0: we were all pledges and i remember you know you're like paying paying money and i remember we were like six months in like you know didn't know that we were about to get initiated but we were at a point where we were like yo why don't we just make our own <laughs> we were like yeah we were gonna make like a mockery of like frat we were gonna have our frat was just going to be all, all like 20 Greek letters or whatever just, we're going to get. Okay. So they're, they're starting to get you to spend less time they're, or they're trying to get you to spend less time with your, or yeah, you would notice that. that.
1: They are doing a pretty good job of it. I remember one day, um, before I was, I was telling you, I, I signed up for the healer training and, um, I haven't gone to that yet, but, uh, one of the things they they did i remember it was pretty comical was, uh, there was like a morning like uh, a morning tv show in seattle it was like a local morning show on like one of the major like uh, network affiliates and uh they never had anyone in the audience though so they it was like one of those kind of good morning america but it was like good morning seattle type yeah. little
3: yeah little,
1: humble little show and uh we they would like let you they'd give you like 10 seconds to advertise like whatever you were going to advertise if you showed up and had like 10 people in the audience or okay. whatever so we went i actually was went with like 10 other young people i think there was like one like undermaster with us and uh we had like a little banner that said like come come try don yoga
3: or something like that yeah and uh, we sat in the audience
2: at this like you know big television station, and at some point,
1: uh, it's it may be out there in the archive somewhere is me and like uh, you know ten other young people holding up a banner like, "Come try dawn yoga." All right, you know,
3: whatever. <laughs> okay. And
1: yeah, even at the time, I think I was like trying to hide behind yeah. people like, "I don't want to do like, this." Like,
0: oh, yeah, <laughs> were you guys wearing all white?
1: yep we were all wearing all white oh really and uh yep we were wearing our geese for sure and uh i think like the girl i was seeing i was we were like sort of talking to each other but like you know talking privately a lot and whatnot she was going so i was like okay i'm going Yeah. i'm going and then um um fast forwarding to the uh the healer training uh, by this point, I was I was having some reservations about, like, um, just everything that was going on, how pushy they were, like, uh, I would take, like, I'd say, oh, I, w- I won't be here, like, next week uh, at all, I won't be at any classes next week, I'm going up to Canada for a bunch of friends, because at the same time, I was starting to go to, like, what they now call conscious festivals, kind of along the lines of Burning Man, but these were, like, smaller, like, regional festivals and there was one up in canada okay and uh i was like i'm going up up to this thing and uh in canada so i won't be here for like five days or whatever i'll see you next week and instead of you know like a, a good person that actually cared about you, you'd be like have a good time stay safe yeah and we'll see you, you get back but they were kind of like oh oh that's not good ooh, that's not good ooh, should, fair uh,
0: oh ferret. oh
1: favorite your friends and they would be so like Assumingly judgmental yeah. like oh, your friends. They don't understand they're 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 asleep in their head And I'm like no, they're they're really actually quite
3: they're cool guys. Conscious. Yeah,
1: they're good people They believe in like a better world for everyone. They're not yeah. we're not just going up there to get fucked up Even though getting fucked up is gonna be part of the definitely equation part
0: of shit. the equation. Yeah, it's like a, yeah Did you ever do tomorrow world or Tomorrowland? Anything like no, that? No, oh it was like a huge not really like burnt i think it was i think it shut down but it was it, it had been i think it still goes on in belgium it started in like 2000 but the whole thing is just like people from all over the it's like it's an edm festival and it's just everyone's in like costumes just taking a bunch of acid and mushrooms and it's yeah it's, it's 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 an excuse to say like hey we're all gonna go you know try to everyone's friends everyone i mean i'll granted it, so it came to Atlanta and I went in 2014 for one of the days it's a blast man you go you just there's literally people from every corner of the globe everyone's really positive but it's definitely fucked up was getting it was part of the equation like yeah
3: yeah yeah so sounds,
1: yeah, sounds like a European kind of burning man thing. yeah yeah, it's, and yeah there's there's so many there's so many things like that like I, I've seen videos of uh like people in Russia or people in Italy and they're throwing like these little these like tiny little burning man style yeah um parties where might be like a hundred people. Yeah. And it looks like like parties we had on the like in Washington here and it'd be like, Wow, that's kinda cool that yeah. like people all over the world are like doing this like style of thing and yeah. like it would look just like one of our parties, even like the terrain and uh-huh. environment like somewhere we would throw a party but you could be interchangeable. I could show up there and be right at home, except I wouldn't be able to communicate with anyone because yeah. I don't speak their language. But <laughs> yeah.
3: They're, yeah. Wearing,
1: they're wearing the same kind of clothes and yeah. same kind of hairstyles. Definitely in, an interesting uh, movement that's been going on there. And, and we think I think of it as something like that went on the past 20 years or so, like Burning Man sort of has, but it, it definitely goes back way further
2: mm-hmm.
3: and
1: probably goes back, you know, 10,000 years. Oh,
3: absolutely. People get, yeah,
0: go out in the desert, get, take, take some hallucinogens. uh, Yeah. Meditate. Yeah. Like,
1: yeah, I think actually, um, Alan Watts,
0: I fucking love Alan Watts, dude.
1: There's a cool quote from him that someone brought up recently. Actually, that was like, it was like for as long as there has been humans, they have gathered together in the mountains, in the forests, in the hills, and done something I like to call, digging sound
0: oh yeah you were and, go out, you're going yeah out there enchanting and, and he's like it's yeah it's like sonic play you go out there and you play with sound waves yeah yeah
3: yeah
1: and like back in the day there would be drums around mm-hmm. the campfire and like these days it's like a sound system in a generator yeah. around a
0: campfire you ever listen to like uh terrence mckenna oh
1: sure yeah Yeah,
0: fuck yeah yeah yeah, yeah man. Yeah, I think we have, I think you and I probably have a lot of similar interests. Yeah, I mean, in my early 20s, I was definitely right out of college. I I definitely, I'd been meditating for a while, but I definitely went on like a couple year stretch. It's more of like a solo thing, but I was, same thing you are saying. I was definitely like looking for something. And Mm -hmm. I imagine I probably, I probably would have been susceptible. I think it was probably just chant. like, I think it was just a, Yeah, chance that i just didn't you know bump into anything like that but yeah man i was grew my hair really long was all about like tie-dye and psychedelics and meditation and (laughs) in yeah yeah i I, I was going balls deep in that i mean i still meditate every day it's much more refined and it's not you know not trying to push it on everyone peace and love or else like you know it's uh yeah but uh yeah no, so I, I get what you're saying when you're, you know, you see stuff and you're like, "Oh, that looks interesting." Like, there's definitely yeah, a certain mindset you have, and it's, it's kind of fucked up that there are groups that prey on that.
1: Uh yeah, that's one of the most disturbing things
0: because it's such uh, like a pure it. thing. Is like meditation and yoga, yeah. like it's what a good thing, you know? Who doesn't want to go into the woods and hang out with your best friends and you guys look at the clouds and be grateful for life? But the fact that there's like yeah. a a fanged monster watching and it's like yeah. those are that's our target yeah. audience. This is some yeah. this is some evil motherfuckers.
2: Disturbing
1: thing Yeah. That's the most disturbing thing about it as as far as like predatory religions yeah. and predatory uh like yoga groups yeah. or just cults in general is people we are we're in this uh finite existence here as humans and the 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 fact that we're gonna die someday mm-hmm. is just so so terrifying mm-hmm. and naturally and uh, it's just like built into a self-preservation mm-hmm. and so forth where like someone says like we, we've we got the answer as where uh, our society is kind of built around materialism is like don't think about that buy some more stuff yeah and the more stuff you buy like the more worth you have
3: yeah yeah
1: and then uh so there's other people who are like that's that's not the answer but we've got the answer over yeah. here uh-huh. and it's spirituality and they give you like all the sugar at first you know all the sweet stuff and then and then it comes down to well uh yeah you got to be part of our organization and there's the guru over there and uh he would like you to fucking,
0: and you gotta write a check
1: oh okay yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you gotta write a check and you gotta turn over all your property and uh so uh, back into that the the cult experience I was totally just yeah, like up to my neck in it at this point. But um I was having some reservations and the headmaster guy was like, Oh, you you looked on the internet and found some bad stories, that's all bullshit. I was like, No, I didn't. What's on the internet? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> So I went and looked on the internet and was like, Oh, there's like tons of people that were like, this is how they got me. They wanted more and more money. They were pushing about their retreats in Arizona and there's all this Korean stuff going on. And then, uh, I was like, Oh God, what have we gotten ourselves into? And like at this point, you know, I've got some really good friends and some really, uh, cool experiences. I've already, uh, Signed a contract for a year, which basically said they could keep cashing these checks that I'd written them. I wrote them all the checks in advance, and they deposited them every month. And I'd I'd signed the contract in a way to where, like, if I canceled the checks, like they could come after me, like they could probably send me to collections or whatever.
0: Fucking and so, oh
1: yeah, I was like, oh man, I'm in here, and this is only like three or four months into it at this point. It was all very fast. And uh, and I'd already signed up and paid for like half of the dealer the uh, the healer training thing, and I actually had a good job uh, at the time, uh, so I had the money, which was and I didn't have any ex- uh, responsibilities, and I lived in a house with like four roommates, uh-huh. so uh, my my overhead was really low, and I yeah. had, I had uh, expendable income. But we go I go to this healer training thing full on knowing that like oh, okay, I don't want to be part of this anymore at all, but I'm gonna I'm gonna get my week long trip out of
2: it yeah.
1: and uh and do the experiences. And it was just tough because I wasn't like anywhere close to a true believer anymore. Mm-hmm. But I went through the training and uh the whole the whole point of it was like at that point they know you they've got you in pretty deep if you're paying, you know, five grand for this uh, to become a healer, and uh, and so forth. Uh, collect my thoughts for a second. No, there. you're you're fine. But the oh. whole the whole the whole week was uh, designed not to treat to teach you to be a dawn healer. They've already got you in that, and that's pretty much like not their goal. Their goal is for you to become a dawn master,
3: oh. and
1: a dawn master means you're you're just it just means yoga teacher essentially like they want you to be leading classes and uh eventually you'll be like a headmaster like the guy ryan that we call jiwan nim was yeah. what they called him that was like the headmaster was jiwan Jang like oh wow oh jiwan jing
3: yeah jiwan jing uh, yeah and then like he had like maybe three three or four masters under him that were just yoga teachers that
1: basically mm-hmm. did all of the uh, te- leading of classes and and uh, cleaning the studio, like cleaning the bathrooms and so forth. And these people uh, that I knew that were like that were generally from like the other side of the country because if their family ever came in and saw what they were doing, they would be like, what the mm-hmm. hell are you doing this for <laughs> how much money? Nothing? You're coming you know, home. Like... Essentially, yeah, essentially they would – uh, you'll see this as a theme, they would separate people from their support network so that they could bring them into, and you'll see that in cults in general, just anything they can do to separate people from mm-hmm. their family and their support network, because those people are the going to be the ones that talk sense into them and yeah. bring them back into their, their life. So I remember one, one chick was from Massachusetts. Another girl was from Korea and, um, and they also moved them around a lot because they didn't want want people to make, they didn't want them alliance, too close to each other. Alliance, yeah, yeah, yeah. They wanted them only close to the organization. The individual. So, uh, yeah. So the healer training, the whole goal of that on their end was to make you decide you wanted to be a Dawn master. So the whole week was about like, yeah, yeah, healing. That yeah, whatever. We just we do it like this. We we rub on the heart chakra, uh, send the energy, and so forth, and do the tap. A lot of tapping is involved, and then and yelling converf- confirmations and so forth. But they would talk a lot about the vision, and like they'd have it up on a board. Like 100 million healers. We're getting there. And how do we get healers? We need Dawn Masters. Masters. They need masters to teach the classes to get people to be healers. And so essentially, I think they were, they probably never said it straightforward, but they probably wanted at least like, you know, 10 million uh, healers or 10 million masters. masters, So they could get this 100
0: million healers mark. What's the level above the the Don Masters? What's that? Because to to create Don Masters, you got to have another who teaches the Don Masters.
1: Exactly, they got, I think they had enough of those, the Jiwon Nims of, oh, okay. of the organization. But um, but I'm sure if I wanted to be one of those, they've been like, awesome, dude, let's get you on fast track. <sighs> Bastards. But, um, so, but at the time I was reading this book, the Tibetan book of living and dying.
3: Yeah, this, yeah.
1: Which is like a common, uh, a modern
3: companion to the Tibetan book of the of dead. dead. Yeah.
1: And it was written by this guy, uh, this, one of the Rinpoches in Tibetan lineage. And I found that like a really, uh, powerful book and about, it talked a lot about like, uh, transitioning from life into the afterlife. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I was like, in, I wanted to be like a hospice like type person that okay. could be like, uh, have like a, a spiritual, um, uh, like perspective on on helping people transition into, from life sure. into death
3: like
0: uh Rich, Richard so, Albert Ramdas you ever listen to him yeah yeah that's kind of what his whole A thing was yeah he I
1: read that book, the book
0: yeah 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 he he actually he died in december he was like yeah. he was like 90 yeah
1: not
0: long but that was yeah that was his whole thing that's what i always liked about him was there was no gimmick there was no pay me this it was just People are like, what do you do? he's like, he literally just spent all of his time in hospices. And it, it wasn't, he's like, not a doctor. He was like, he would just sit there and just be like, okay, like you're going to die. Like, let's talk about it. Yeah. And he would just, yeah, no, that's, that yeah. is t-
1: Truly, truly like God's work. That is, that is angelic. Like
0: that is, yeah. yeah, he would just literally, he'd be like, yeah, he'd sit there in bed with like people that had AIDS and would just be like, let's, oh. let's knit together. Let's, you know, or he'd be like, let's let's listen to like one lady was like, I can't go out. It's like I'm dying in this sterile hospital room and it's just like, all I hear are like beeps and like the air conditioner. And he was like, well, let's like make music out of that. And they would like listen to the beeps in the air conditioner and like, you know, kind of like tap their fingers and make like little beats and stuff. And he's like, next thing you know, she's smiling and you know, and like, in, you know, a couple hours later she's dead. But like, yeah, that's, that's as good oh, yeah. as you can get. I mean, that dude is a Harvard professor. I that dude is a I genius. That what? Yeah,
2: that's
1: it's a beautiful thing, and I, I never actually got into um, doing that kind of work, like hospice work or anything. Yeah. But uh, I totally those people have my uh, immediate. respect. Yeah,
0: they are. They are. They really are. I mean, the, those are living angels. The like. Yeah.
1: yeah. It's a beautiful thing. It I'm is. Sure. It is. And, and uh, I right, so I go to the the um the week long training and then i come home and i've got this vision like they they really uh, the master guy really like put it in me like you've you got to come back with your vision I want you come back I want you to have your your life vision like like nail held down because there's not a whole lot of time the world is dying oh, like, okay okay sure i could i could kind of vibe with that and like even though i was already knew i didn't want to be part of this organization for like no more than the year that i had signed up for i definitely thought like this guy even though i think he's a little bit too pushy and a little bit too much of a true believer in this thing i think i i felt like a bit of obligation to him because he kind of took me under his wing and so forth but i come back and he's like welcome back you look different like Good job. You look very. Your energy is like clear, almost like a Scientology. Oh
3: yeah, getting clear. Oh jeez, get
1: clear. And uh, oh, he was fuck. like, "So, what is your vision?" And he's expecting me to say, "Like, I followed the program and like uh, received the programming that they had in place." That I want to be a Dawn Master, and I said, "I want, I want to help people that are dying. I want to work with dying people." And he was like, "What? No, no." No Dobu name. No, no. Why? Why do you want to work with dying people? He was like, so like,
3: what the fuck? Like that.
1: that was not. This was not part of the plan. What?
3: what,
0: what an asshole. <laughs>
1: looking, but looking back is like the most hilarious thing. So yeah.
0: He was like, okay, you got, you received the message. You received the programming.
2: It looks like you're totally following along with our programming, and then like what
1: that's not that's That's, not part of no
0: no Fiverr. no (laughs) what are you doing
1: (laughs) yeah that was hilarious and and then there was just further uh like friction to where like i was like no i'm gonna live my life like this Mm -hmm. this is my life you have no right whatsoever to tell me how to even like to be pushy at me at all and then so they kind of like back off me a little bit and uh I, I lasted uh, basically a couple more months and then I was just like I can't do this anymore and then I just ghosted on fuck yeah one day yeah it was just like and later I heard some some advice later in life that was like if you have a manipulative if you're in a manipulative relationship with someone be it be it romantic or, or friendship or otherwise you can just ghost them, and yeah. you, don't owe them you don't owe them any explanation.
0: I'm with the, I'm with you on that a thousand percent, man. You don't you don't need to have an out. You don't need a. Hey, this is why I stopped. You can just block them on Instagram, Facebook, Reddit, Snapchat, YouTube, whatever. Block them on everything, and just deuces go yeah. do you because the only yeah. way, the only way to to win, for yourself, the only way to you know. The best thing is it's not that there can be a positive or negative interaction. There can't be any interaction because that person is a manipulator. The positive and negative doesn't yep. mean anything to them. A line of yep. a line of communication, that's all they need. To get in your head. Yep. You and gotta you
2: just
1: give them a chance to manipulate you if you if you get into a conversation with them. Yeah,
0: you just gotta ghost.
1: Yeah. So I ghosted so on him and, and uh um, and, and before i left uh some of my friends that i was close with and we would all sort of joined around the same same time and um part of the reason i'm disguising myself is i don't want to like uh, insult some of these people i'm still friends yeah, with yeah like, yeah sure eventually, eventually they left yeah and uh if they see this like they would know that i was talking about them cuz yeah. they'd recognize me yeah. they'd recognize their own story but I'm trying to, uh, to protect their their identity and probably their embarrassment a yeah, little bit too. Yeah. There was one girl in particular it was that girl I was seeing. Um, I uh, I would see her and she got way deep into it okay. to where she quit going to college. Oh fuck. She was in. She was from a different state and she was going to the University of Washington, and she and her parents were paying for that. And she had a pretty nice car that her parents had bought her. And she, I saw now, like the Don Master people were driving around in her car.
3: Oh fuck! She
1: was in the back. She was in like the back seat. Oh god! Or she wasn't even there, and they're just driving around her car in her whip. Like, oh, yeah. And then when I talked to her, she was way deep in it mentally, and uh, she was even t- speaking in an, in a Korean accent. Oh fuck! This is like how deep it was going. Like i would, I'd, I'd see her and be like, hey like how you doing she's she'd be like, good, you come to center today you come to center and uh be like, like uh i i don't I don't think so I think i I might might be in uh wednesday i I usually go in on like Monday, Wednesday, and Friday and like, oh you must come to center It was like really the creepiest oh, thing that's and eerie, that that man. pushed me out the door faster yeah. And then uh, shortly after I got out of the organization uh, and ghosted on them, uh, they took a bunch of those those people, including her and another uh, close friend of mine that I'm still friends with, and everyone I know is out of it mm-hmm. now. The the few people I still know from that are long gone, and they um, they sent them to Korea, just like they sent they took people from Korea and sent them over here, including my uh, headmaster guy, Ryan jiwon jing At one Ji-yum. point, uh, he told he told me that he hadn't seen his family in Korea for five years, Fuck like that. his mom and dad. I had not talked to them in Fuck five that. years. And he explained, like, yes, I cried. I had many tears. And um, I had to leave them behind. And... This is what we have to do for vision, and I was kind of like, "Damn, dude, that's hardcore." But I'm not. I'm not, I'm not ever doing that. Yeah. I'm, um, Yeah. You know.
0: I mean, that makes sense. You but they gotta transplant them and cut them off from their, from the environments they grew up in. You gotta get all, all voices of reason. You gotta get them away. So uh-huh. why not just do the, uh, the classic, classic, the classic Korea to America swap. Uh huh.
1: <sighs> Yep, it was the classic thing. They took a group of Koreans and probably sent them over here, and they took a group of young people and sent them to Korea. Yeah, and then um, they uh, they they were on like a three year program, and they had some name for the program too, like almost like an exchange thing. But they sent them all over there, and uh, eventually, I read about this. What happened was they sent a whole. Um, a whole group of like Americans over there, and they were basically like right at like the headquarters, the whole thing with the guru Ilchi Lee thing and everything. And of course, he was manipulating and raping girls.
3: God
0: damn it.
1: Yeah, always these motherfuckers it, always it, it's,
0: it. at the core, you always find that someone's fucking everyone. Like, literally, yeah, there's always, like someone's always the cults. It always ends up with some yeah. dude has to have his dick in every inside everybody. And it's like, I'm, it's like the lengths that some no, dudes will go to to get laid. Them. It's like, dude, you sh- if you took half this energy yeah. of making this global cult. And just hit the gym, dieted, and you know went out to a bar uh-huh. with a nice shirt on. You could probably get laid, totally.
3: but it's like
0: you don't need to do yeah, this whole enough. thing.
1: Yeah, it's not enough for, for to get it up. They have to manipulate yeah, people. Yeah, it's true.
2: That's true. Like turning
1: their their whole mind and body and life and bank account and everything over. And so um, I actually read about this in the Rolling Stone magazine. I think it was 2010. Okay and they put out this big
2: cover story uh, expose which is not really in Rolling
1: Stone's like wheelhouse mm-hmm. but for I mean, maybe for whatever reason because they uh, targeted young people or whatever it was relevant and the cover story was called the yoga cult like inside like this yoga cult uh, kind of thing and I read about how like a lot of the same experiences i would had and then they talked about how there was a Um, kind of the centerpiece of the the article was that there was a class action lawsuit against the guru guy and the organization as a whole uh, um, accusing of like mind manipulation,
2: mind control and uh, coercion and uh,
1: just taking advantage of people for money and so forth. And uh, part of the suit was just like the money thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, there was also the rape, Mm-hmm. It was like rape allegations were included in there, and I looked at. They had some of like the the paperwork or something from the uh,
2: the lawsuit, and I recognized it was like maybe a dozen names or or so,
1: and I recognized like several of the people oh, from damn. the from the retreats I oh, was at.
3: Damn,
1: and not the young people retreat and the healer training. I was like, I remember that guy, I remember that girl, I remember that girl. I definitely. Uh, know that guy because he's my friend, yeah. and then I know this. That was that was one of the girls that said that the guru um, raped her was my friend's girlfriend. Oh fuck! And it's one of the things that's really uh, kind of
2: vague, is because they weren't they weren't like tied up and uh,
1: assaulted. Uh-huh. They were manipulated to a point where uh, they were you know they would like you know, the the guru would like to see you in his. In his bedroom, like his private quarters, now and it was just like, "Oh, you are very lucky. You are very yeah, get, special." If get you the inner to circle you there.
3: Okay, yeah.
1: Yeah, and and eventually, long story short, you they manipulate them into like turning over their body to him, and, uh, and then they just like they freeze up and they're like, "Okay, I guess I'm supposed to love this or whatever," and yeah. I'm supposed to be it's, happy. It's part of the vision. Like that,
0: yeah, it's it's for the greater good. It's
1: yeah and like uh, it's just that is sorted for sure but um, I read about that and I was like wow uh, if I had just been a little bit more into it I would have ended up in Korea with all these people yeah, for sure and then so I left the organization and that was pretty much the end of that but there was little little, uh, loose ends eventually sometimes I would see there was one girl I knew that was a little bit older than me she was like in her early 30s and she had totally stressed herself out she had like a a very lucrative advertising exec sort of job Mm -hmm. and uh it was stressing her out to the max to where she was having all sorts of inflammation
2: Mm -hmm. and and stuff coming up like extreme like i think she like she had shingles
1: and like all this other stuff, and um, she was one of the people that actually rode with me in the shuttle bus that I made friends with from Phoenix to Sedona the first time I went went out there. And uh, she was she would explained like when uh, I got to know her that she had she had quit her job that you know paid her uh, well into the six figures, and she had she had turned over basically everything she definitely needed a new career this is mm-hmm. not not working for her health wise but she'd found the Don yoga thing and turned everything over to them and had uh and by the time the healer training came around i'm pretty sure she was there too if i recall correctly but she was a seattle person too and she didn't want to be part of it anymore but she was in, in too deep she yeah. had given them like basically like seventy five thousand dollars i think total fuck and uh had quit her job to become like a dawn, dawn master and so forth and she was kind of I remember she was starting to spin out of control mm-hmm. a little bit but she had nowhere else to go and so I left the organization I didn't see her or a lot of those other people for a while but then I was at a, a house with roommates living with a bunch of roommates and we would throw parties some pretty big epic parties on occasion and uh our house would be like full of people. Like I didn't even know, you know,
2: and
3: yeah.
1: uh, there's, there's, one of these parties. Uh, I go into a room and I see that girl and she is drunk. She's yeah. so drunk and you can just see it in her. She's yeah. like, you know, just like, like wobbling, uh-huh. and whatnot. And then I saw her and, uh, I was like, Hey, like, I know you, like, how's it going? And, uh, she took one look at me, and I've sort of got the impression later on that she was, she probably left the organization and she just wanted to go out and get fucking drunk yeah. and forget all about yeah. all of that.
3: Yeah. And then in the, at the height of her drunkenness,
1: there's someone from the organization oh. that's also like, hey, how's it going? And I obviously wasn't yeah. involved anymore either. She probably saw that I was absent. Yeah. And, uh, but she she did not want to be reminded yeah. of it at uh, all sure, she took sure. one look at me and like turned on her heel and just walked out the door i get it yeah I get it. yeah I get
0: it yeah i get it i never
1: i never saw her again but i thought that was just
0: hilarious it, it is yeah. yeah she's yeah she probably didn't want any reminders just like nah, fuck this i'm i'm going out and getting yeah yeah, yeah.
3: jesus and
1: uh so that's pretty much uh, sums up my story with that. And, and just I've seen, I've been interested in cults and like cult stories and yeah.
2: and uh, like things that you wouldn't consider a cult. Yeah. But, but they pretty much are if you
1: break it down. Like um, certain like cult uh, like pyramid schemes.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely. Like that. A lot of times, absolutely. Basically, a cult setup. And sometimes they're even companies, I worked for this company called zones.com for a bit when I was way younger. And that was basically like a cult too. <laughs> and, uh, it was essentially, it was cold calling. I was, yeah. we were, they trained us to cold call, uh, companies and like try to sell them, uh, like leases on office equipment. Essentially, but it was very much a cult structure. There was like a CEO. I remember one time there was a It was a, here in Renton, Washington and there was a CEO and they had like a, a Meeting where the CEO was going to talk to everyone and we were trainees I was only in there for a couple months like two months. So I never actually got uh, into onto like the sales floor essentially and start never start cold calling people I was like, I can't do this. Yeah. And honestly, I was just in it for the money yeah. through training. Yeah. I knew I did not want to be a salesperson, but at the time it was like twenty two hundred dollars a month just for the training. Yeah. This is in like, you know, two early two thousands. Yeah. And that was like more money than I ever made. Yeah. I was like, I'll do that for yeah. a couple of months Fuck and like yeah. save up some money while I figure out what I'm gonna do next. Yeah. But we're I remember we were in this elevator and there was like a secretary type of lady, and she was like, Have you ever heard the president speak? <laughs>
0: get get excited uh, five minutes yeah yeah it
1: was that that type of thing do your hair do your hair when he when he speaks oh (laughs) like
0: is is his name (laughs) dr ilchi lee it
1: was not a dr ilchi lee it wasn't it was just some guy that was like
0: but yeah business same structure though it's yeah it's getting you in like a small room beforehand and being like get ready
1: yeah and so uh and kind of going back to the original post i made on reddit yeah. that caught your chin was i said that I, I had accidentally joined a cult yeah one and that was the Don yoga and i had close encounters with a few others and so i was i was traveling in australia and i was uh um, traveling using your the-
3: you're you were in australia
1: I was in Australia, and I was traveling on the WOOF network, um, which is W-W-O-O-F, and um, it used to stand for something else. I think it was like willing workers on organic farms, uh-huh. and I think they've they've rebranded it as something else that doesn't sound so weird, like willing workers. Like, what's that supposed to mean?
2: It's like, okay, we're not forced labor, we're, we're willing. willing labor. Yeah, but it's, it's actually it's still going strong i think it, it
1: started in the 70s or something and it's like actually this really brilliant um uh, way of traveling where and i think their their mission was like basically to spread um like peace throughout the world by helping people travel because if you travel you your your uh, Seymour, perception of the yeah. world broadens and becomes much more understanding and you're less likely to go to war like with Uh, you know, Thailand or something, if you've been to Thailand. And so uh, I was using the woof network and how that worked is uh, there's basically an exchange. You would work and the host would, as a guest, you'd work and the host would provide you with room and board. There was no money exchanged. It was just, they'd give you like a bed to sleep in and they would give you uh, three meals a day. And the rough guidelines from the organization was like, it was sort of communist uh, literature based so it was like uh four four day work week with like six hours a day it was like
2: is i think it was like the main goal that like uh i never read any communist
1: literature but i think that's like in in some of that like marxist uh literature is the goal is four day work weeks with, with like six hour days so that mm-hmm. like you actually have time to spend with your family and mm-hmm. and whatnot but still be productive so that was like kind of we got an american market.
0: flag boy we we ain't communists here oh,
1: yeah. We ain't, no communists, we ain't no
0: communists here, boy. We believe, right? <laughs> Yeah. Okay. No yeah. Except for the fire department. That's okay. Yeah, except for the fire department, police department, you know, yeah. emergency room, roads. That's,
3: Aside from that. Yeah, yeah.
1: I think I, I think a, a hybrid system would probably be the best. And it's sort of like what we already have. Yeah. Hybrid
3: yeah.
0: But, yeah. Um, when, yeah. Whenever that comes. Yeah. Let's not go down this road. But whenever that comes up, I'm always like, you know, I'm I think I'm probably like part of a point one percent of people that's like. I'm kind of just OK with how it is now, like all things considered, I'm like, I'm yeah, like, it, there's always it, there's always room for improvement, but I'm like, it's. pretty dope now like there's always bad part but okay but yeah so you're yeah so you're you're in australia wolf network yeah it's pretty good
1: it's pretty good yeah yeah and uh yeah so i'm in australia i'm in, in the wolf network and um the first place i end up at as uh as a guest worker is this like acreage
2: and it's part of a um it's actually it's a,
1: basically a, a retreat center for an organization that's eerily similar to Don Yoga. They have it's so close. They, it's much smaller. I mean, um, and they have a lot less money, but they're 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 definitely well on their way to becoming a Don Yoga type of thing. They, they, their guru guy must have studied Don Yoga. Yeah, and like I said, this is. What we have to do, but this instead instead of Korea, this time it was an Indian guru, and he was a Swami, and the Swamis are the orange robe guys. Mm-hmm. And um, as far as I know, those guys are all charlatans, as far as I'm yeah. concerned. But maybe there's some good ones out there. But orange. pretty much, if I hear Swami, yeah, orange uh, yeah. robe, I'm gonna keep my eye on you. you <laughs>
0: well, welcome sword. to my podcast, cult <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs>
1: Yeah, uh, I think I've, we found a new guru. Yeah, yeah, ladies and gentlemen.
0: Have you ever heard Tommy uh, talk? It's just
3: Thomas
0: oh it is. You need to be. You need uh, to be guest on Tommy's podcast. Welcome. <laughs> we'll have different tiers.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: You'll be. You'll it's be amazing. one of.
1: I've got your picture.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <have a> picture <laughs> on my picture wall. Got
1: to be the highest.
0: Yeah, so yeah. Got to be the highest. Yeah. Oh shit! I never thought about and, that. Yeah, you got to be the. Jesus. And then, so yeah.
1: So I end up out there and. Um, I learned a little bit by a little bit about the organization. They also have little, uh, retail locations in multiple countries. They kind of focused on Australia, New Zealand, and like Eastern Europe. That was like their main strongholds. They had like a lot of people there were from, uh, like, uh, I think Croatia. If I, if I remember correctly, there's some Eastern European people. There was Austria. They had like a, a main center in Austria, in Vienna. And uh, but they were based out of the guy was from India so. And uh, the first like week or so I was there we were just preparing the land for the the guru Swami Ji as they call him, to show up and there was about they were having a retreat so there was like another hundred people showing up, and uh, it was it was just a trip to, to see the the mate the people that lived there on the land all the time were total devotees, and. Uh, they couldn't wait for Swami Ji. They were working hard. We were toiling. We were mowing grass. We were building uh, outdoor toilets. It was pretty rustic. Like there was there was very little structure there. The only like permanent structure was like the kitchen. Mm-hmm. It was like it had a foundation and everything. And then they built like a permanent sort of like covered area for Swami G's camp.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And that was like and other than like the showers and the toilets, that was like the only structures on the land everyone else was like living in like tents or like there was like a couple like motor home like small trailer type things and uh most of the people there were older though like the people that lived there were uh, like i'd say the average age was like mid-40s think like, there were some people in their 60s and some people younger but they were totally devoted to Swamiji. Mm-hmm. There was one guy that was like he's, he was becoming a monk, basically. Mm-hmm. He was in transition of like leaving his regular life and becoming just a full-on like celibate monk. Mm-hmm. And that guy was probably like in his you know, like late 50s or early 60s. And then uh, Swamiji showed up and they greeted him. Like his cars pulled up and they greeted him with like flowers. They like held flowers and like stood along the drive where he would drive. And they were crying. They were like weeping like Swamiji. He's here. And uh, it was was a fucking trip for sure. And then I, um, I helped my job once he got there is I had some experience like with videography and being a videographer. Okay. And they would do these daily like webcasts where he would give like a sermon and they set up three cameras they had some very expensive um equipment to basically we're in the middle of nowhere like jungle rural australia on their east coast over there but like a little white ways outside of the nearest big town was newcastle uh, australia for people that are familiar with that area and the little town the little like farming town is called Dungog and uh, so they show up out there and there's like there's no cell phone reception or anything on the land and they were able to broadcast live like to the internet and they, it was like on part of their website they called Swami TV or Swamiji yeah. TV and and every night they would broadcast like his his sermon yeah. and so it was my job to run one of the cameras and it was like a nice setup too it was like it had the the little like panning feature it was like yeah. on so i i didn't have to pan on the camera it was like on the handle yeah like that
3: was
1: so, some next level
0: so so no expenses uh, no expenses spared for for the the Swami g much. production I-
1: I, I estimated it was like probably a hundred grand worth of just video equipment.
0: Everything else is made out yeah. of mud and twigs, but Swami yeah, G's exactly. video, it's got to be an 8K raw 60 FPS.
1: So, <laughs> so, luckily for me, I was working hard before he got up there, like landscaping and shoveling and building all this stuff and then and like clearing out weeds and clearing out brush and then once he got there i was just two hours a day i would run a camera and then
3: like that was done yeah so that i like that uh picked off and it was like crazy hot out there it was like well over 100
1: degrees for part of the time we were out there and then uh this it was it was a trip to watch the people like swamiji we would talk and these people that i'd met that were also really sweet like smart Strong, uh, intelligent people. When and then Swamiji would speak, and all that would go out the window, and they would like close their eyes mm-hmm. and listen to him speak. Eyes closed. And there was one young, youngish couple that were probably. I think the the female uh, was probably around thirty, and the dude was around forty. And like, they announced that they had like turned over their their uh like life savings, their real estate, and everything over to the organization. And I think they said, like, they owned, like, three pieces of land because the guy was, like, a contractor, like, a builder. And so they owned, like, their home and, like, two rental properties and, like, some anchorage or, or something, if I recall correctly. And they turned it all over to Swamiji, just, like, have this. And they quit what they were doing to run a retail location. And they announced, like, that they were doing that. And everyone, like, clapped and, like, oh, yay, okay, yeah, good, good job. job. Like, wow, you really Sacrifice, and I was like, "Oh my God, you guys! Like I've seen this before, and it, it does not end good." <laughs> and uh, so I stayed there for three weeks, and it was a trip. And then when I got out of there, I did. And I got back to a computer. I started doing some digging. Oh God! And there was people accusing Swami G of raping them too. God,
0: God damn it, Swami G, you so, motherfucker! Yeah,
1: some of those Eastern. Some of the Eastern European girls. God damn
0: it! It just—it it goes and, the same way, doesn't it? It
1: just—it
0: yeah. leads to first, it gets to we eventually, the awkward question comes up of we need some money, and then it also yeah. comes into like, his dick's out,
1: like. <laughs> yeah, it was. I, I'd always kind of wonder how it would lead to that, but one of the <laughs> testimonies from this G thing was, she said that it was like they would when she was with Swami G, like at this private sort of residence type thing i think it was if i recall it was in uh at their it was either in eastern europe somewhere or it was at their um one of their main centers and their main western center was in vienna i think it might have been at the vienna thing but she said basically they would like it felt like this big privilege everyone would like act like you were so special because you got to be around swamiji in his like private area you'd go in there and it, there was a bunch of other women that he had convinced to do this also and they would like massage him with oil and like a his feet and whatnot and then at some point he would tell like everyone else to leave except you and then uh he would like they're already like feel like they're in the presence of some sort of god celebrity, and they're they're sort of uneasy about it. But everything is just like pushing them yeah. in this direction, like they're just like in this in this like rapid river rapids. Yeah, of, it's just of yeah, incident.
0: it's just going and going and it, don't, yeah. you can't jump off. It's
1: yeah, it's churning and like you'd say like people like us would say to them like why didn't she just walk out the door mm-hmm. you know and but or some certain people in their mindset they just are, are not able to do that and a lot of times they're in like a strange place where like they don't even have anywhere to go they're in a different country mm-hmm. they don't speak the language they're there with these this guy they don't they don't know yeah like where to go who to talk to or anything this is like where they thought they felt safe and this is their community and they, they wouldn't want to lose their community and their friends and so forth and she this one account um, quoted Swami Swamiji is like basically after grooming her, her very slowly and with the oils and the massages and a lot of it is tests. You know, mm-hmm. they're testing how much, how far can I push this person?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then uh, he, according to the account, he said to her, like, you give your heart to Swamiji. And she's like, yeah. And you give your mind to Swamiji. Like, uh Yeah and this is in like mind control which cults operate on this is called putting someone in a yes set yeah and it's actually uh, i was taught this in sales training once upon a time too it's it's another form of mind control sales training but you get someone saying yes you ask them questions that the answer is like obviously yes to and then they they just get into this rhythm of nodding their head and saying yes and then you can just throw out like and you give your body to yeah yeah i guess
3: yeah, yes i do yeah 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 and,
1: and maybe you don't even deep down or just below the surface you don't agree with that but you just said yes to it so oh now i feel like i have to whatever and before you know it you got raped by swamiji and then then they just try to shut it down and forget about it for yeah. a while and you'll see this like there's a bunch of documentaries on cults and there's a, some really great ones on on netflix so i'll keep you riveted but a lot of that it's the same same thing like before they knew it happened they were raped and they they did not want to there was like the same thing with like the bikram yoga uh guy mm-hmm. and and some other ones on there it was holy hell is was like a good one really uh, a good cult documentary and uh basically they didn't want to lose there's a there's many facets they don't want to be a victim now they mm-hmm. don't want to lose their community they don't want to uh upset like this yeah. ideal. Like,
0: they don't want to life, make they don't want to whatever. make the god look bad you don't want to make the you don't want to make Swami G look bad because you know yeah he's everyone's god
1: yeah and you see all these other people that <clears throat> even if you now hate swamiji and you want to murder swamiji you see all these other people you feel like you'll ruin their lives mm-hmm and they're like in your community and we as humans are a tribal species it's yeah. very it's much more important than we give it credit for the yeah. whole community aspect yeah and um so just moving on to further along in that trip to australia i ended up at another acreage it was pretty Common in the woofing network, you'd end up at an acreage somewhere because they had a bunch of you know, like you're, an acre they needed cleared out. Or you're like, just you're
0: just a cult magnet, man.
1: <laughs> I know. Man, what the hell? <laughs> if you're a spiritual seeker, there's there's dozens and dozens of cults waiting there at their just, net. Just,
2: <laughs> just well,
1: so they'll, they'll write yoga. Yeah. They'll take but, that net and they will write yoga, tai chi on it. They're just yeah, they're
0: it. just they're, they're, the, tr- they're the, the troll fate. under the bridge just.
1: Yeah like yeah they've got their bait man Fuck. and these people uh were not predatory whatsoever um this uh this land um outside of byron bay yeah kind of like maybe i don't know 10 12 miles from byron bay australia which is yeah. also another hot spot for like young travelers in australia is Fucking <laughs> fucking swamiji ilchi lee these motherfuckers man
0: they gotta go dude they got
1: it. So, uh, to preface the, this part of, oh, yeah, yeah. um, uh, my story is, uh, there's a great, go- um, documentary on Netflix called wild, wild country. Okay. I think that's called, right? I, think I'm getting there right, but it's about the, uh, the, um, the Colton in Oregon and, uh, Osho, Oh
3: yeah. Osho.
0: I think, I think Joe Rogan talked about that, that guy.
1: Who talked about I that? I think
0: I think Joe Rogan talked about that documentary. I haven't watched yeah. it, but I think I remember yeah, hearing absolutely. him and Duncan Trussell talking it came about out like,
1: it. Yeah, sure. It came out like a year and a half or yeah. two years ago, and like the, everyone was talking about it, like when it first came out. And um, I had seen some documentaries on them just from my research in cults, and there was already some good documentaries on YouTube about. They're, they were very infamous because they, like, took a, over a town
2: in yeah. Oregon. Yeah, and
0: in, they, like had, the they, like, they had, like, a police – they had their own police force. They had –
3: yeah.
1: Yeah, they were – it was creepy. And uh, culminating oh. with – they would have – they had something like 80 or 90 Rolls Royces that mm-hmm. their guru, Osho. Yeah. Osho, the, the fuck, Osho can suck it. And uh, he he would dri- drive around in one of his Rolls Royces, flanked by guys with Uzis, and, or like AKs. And that these images were just so striking. Like, okay, here's a, this weird peace cult, yoga cult type thing, and everyone's wearing like sort of Indian, uh, East Indian looking clothing. And then they have like a long bearded Eastern guru, and he's in a Rolls Royce, flanked by Uzi. Uzi laden uh, guards. It was just like, what? It's, what an image is this? And yeah, then, it's, uh, that got me roped into their documentary, and then uh, culminating with they were trying to take over the like the town base or the county, and they had like so many people. They were definitely uh, like on pace to do that, but there was still like this local town that was challenging them for the supremacy in the area. So they tried to poison the food supply of this town with salmonella they they they, yeah they went to a very popular uh like salad bar that was like really popular for the town on like on weekends and they they had like a science lab and everything on their compound and they they uh cultivated salmonella by like uh, bacteria Mm -hmm. and then went to the the uh, salad bar and like sprayed it on the food they tried it once before like, like just by spraying like produce or something and, and it didn't take because it has to have like a warm wet environment yeah. in which to to survive otherwise it'll die off like within a few minutes or whatever but uh so they found that the the salad bar was perfect because it was like kept warm yeah. it was kept wet and so um that was that was their the, part of the the crazy story of that whole thing and uh i definitely recommend everyone that's interested in this topic w- watch that uh documentary wild wild country Fuck. and uh so uh, i'd already seen that and i knew about that and i also had a lot of friends that were into osho they were yeah. not about to join his cult but like they would read his books and they would post his quotes online yeah. a picture of him like I am Osho, I am so wise.
0: Dude, and I think
3: always, it's always. I recognize such the name.
0: My... I, I I recognize the name because oh, yeah. i I think at some point he was like the background on my computer. I think I think he yeah. had like a quote because he had good quote. But God, yeah, it's
1: yeah. He was. He it's was definitely. It's the, like was the power. it's the wolf in the sheep's clothing.
0: It's the wolf in the sheep's clothing.
1: Absolutely. And that was uh, a, a lot of times these guys are successful because they're good writers. You know, yeah. they have like a good feel for like poetic uh, things or they have charisma. And I think Osho's had, had a lot of his charisma came across in his writing and his quotes, which uh, a lot of times it's really rudimentary uh, philosophies, but it's like
2: stated in such a way mm-hmm. that kind of like hits you with like a poetic mm-hmm. sort of
1: flair. And so, uh, I end up at this, um, acreage out in, in Australia and, uh, the main people that there's a, a few different people, there's probably like a dozen people that live on like, uh, I don't know how, how much acreage it was, like 10 acres or something. And, uh, the, the, it seems like the main people that were there forever, like the main four or five people were kind of older, like in their sixties or so. And like kind of like retiree retiree age, and um, the main guy that ran the place was like this old uh, Italian guy, and he was a fucking character, man. He was he was always kind of pervy. He was like talking about how like how he had better sex now than when he was twenty one years old because of like this <laughs> yoga work or energy that he was doing, and, and like his main, his girlfriend, who was like kind of like the the main uh, administrator of yeah. the place, like she she contact i contacted them and like was channeled directly to her basically to do the work out there and uh he she was like in her late 30s or something this guy was like in his early 70s so he was doing all right there but uh yeah, yeah, I,
2: yeah. I think he had like they they might have been sort of poly or something yeah. too. like he had other girlfriends
1: or something but uh they seemed to like oh just do what he says he's the boss and I was like kind of like um, all right, like, but I'm gonna stand my ground too. I'm not gonna get pushed around. Yeah. But and he was a bit of a slave driver, and uh, I think he was just trying to to wring as much uh, free labor out of us woofers as he could. Sure. But he wasn't like a was not a predator or anything. But like at certain, I think a, in the mornings they would lead a, like a yoga meditation session like in the main house, and uh, so we they had a nice yoga room and I go in there and they've got like a little shrine in Osho's picture <laughs> and I was like oh my god what oh, is going on here oh fuck and they've got Osho up there and then I talked to one of the nice old ladies that lived there and she they, I was like so how'd all you end, end up out here and she was like well we were all part of the uh, um, I forget what they called themselves the Maharishi's or um, they had some name for it but uh she I was like you guys it just came up that she was they were part of the Osho organization
3: in Oregon and they they oh, all met each fuck. other there and so like all the the
1: four or five old people that were like the long-term residents on this acreage they were all together at that scene in Oregon and I was like oh my god and like I, that the big documentary had not come out yet but it was still pretty well known yeah. that like especially in the northwest around here like uh, people know that story so i was like oh my god you guys were there and she was like we were there and said so that's that's a, that was a crazy scene and she was like it was it was definitely a crazy scene and uh if i'd have spent more time there i might have pried a, a little bit deeper yeah. like why do you guys still have a picture of yeah. osho here and i think a lot of the followers um attributed the dissolution of the organization to like the, the upper leadership, you know, the people just below Osho,
0: but not Osho
1: and uh, like not Osho. Osho was all good. and Probably a victim of just, I don't know, evil forces that tore the thing apart. But that's just a good example of like how strong, like that whole mindset could be is this was 30 years after the Oregon scene. And, uh, they're now in a completely different part of the world. And they were, I think there were some Australians and some English, and then the, but the main guy that owned the land was that Italian guy. But they were all together with Osho back in the day, and here they are 30 years later in Australia. And um, the one other cult I wanted to mention uh, was a lot of my friends around here in the Seattle area got roped into, and it's called the uh, Rocky Mountain Mystery School. And it's a full-on... sounds
0: like a fucking... uh, It sounds like a Scooby-Doo episode.
1: Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Their their whole thing is like when I first heard about them, I was very... uh, It was back in the day, like around the dawn yoga time. And uh, a friend of mine was like, it's an ethereal college that only manifests on the physical plane every 10,000 years. I was like, wow, that that's a, that sounds trippy. And at the time I was like open to something like that. Yeah. You know, I wasn't about to sign up, uh, and sign my life away, but I was like, Whoa, like I want to hear what these people have yeah. to say. That's a trip. Yeah, And so they had like, also they had some very, very expensive, like weekend intensive classes, but luckily I never got into it because they had like a thing where it's like the inner introductory, Classes like they called it the adept class,
2: like, and those I think it was like back then it was like 300 and something bucks for yeah. like
1: a weekend. And and it was this wasn't like you were going camping on some land, this was just like at someone's house, and like maybe they provide like they potluck the food or something, but it was it was sounded pretty expensive. But at the time, like all this yoga stuff sounded so expensive, it was just like, well, it's it's expensive, I yeah. guess everything's expensive now. And luckily, my schedule just never lined up with theirs. So by the time like our schedules would have aligned, I just wasn't interested anymore because I'd already gone through the dawn yoga ringer, yeah. and and so forth. But uh, I definitely have a lot of friends that to this day are involved with the Rocky Mountain Mystery School, and really? they have their guru guys. This guy by name Goodney Goodnesson, and his he's name, from his Iceland. Goodney Goodison. Yeah, you can look him up. He's a fucking creep. You can just tell his if you watch any kind of interview. Yeah, it's it's basically like John Johnson, as far that's what I've heard yeah. like for games. Oh, it in just Iceland. sounds
0: like it just sounds like some like a uh, 1984 or, like brave new word just like euphemistic like i'm good goodness yeah. you know like i'm happy happy sin. yeah
3: like
1: totally yeah it's so it's so true but it's actually a really common name oh, yeah, in iceland
3: okay yeah 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 and i
1: sure like
0: sure yeah yeah some nordic shit yeah
3: yeah
1: and so it's a really common name as far as i know but if you just do any kind of research on Rocky Mountain Mystery School and, and goodney goodness, and you'll find this guy and his creepy ass interviews. And it, it's crazy that I know I have people that I, I love and respect in other areas of life, but they have, they've really kind of turned their life over, um, to the Rocky to Mountain Rocky Mystery
0: School. Mystery.
1: And there was, there was actually one good friend I had was really involved with them. And, uh, he was almost like a right-hand man to, to Goodney for a while. I'm not sure if he still is or not, but um, they had a retreat center out in Utah. Of course, it's always got to be out in the middle of nowhere where the energy is pure or yeah. whatever. And uh, he said that they they had to stop for something. They pulled over and he opened the trunk and the guy had like an AK <laughs> and like a bazooka. Biz- <laughs> A bazooka? Yeah, he had, he had this like, like a bazooka, like a rocket launcher, and I don't know, I wasn't there. I can't say if this was like an accurate description of the weaponry, but um, I was like, why, why does he have a bazooka in his SUV, and he's supposed to be the founder and leader of this ethereal college for mysteries and unlocking the peace and the of humanity. And so forth, and he was like, "Cause he's a ninja." I was like, "That's not a good enough answer."
3: That's not a good so, um, I've never
2: been able to.
1: I've never been able to find any um, further proof of this, but essentially, he, <laughs> this guy also ran. Um, but my friend, my friend who is a true believer, told me. That he ran uh, a company that was like a mercenary company. Jeez. That was like, you know, Blackwater? Blackwater? Like yeah. that stuff like that?
3: Yeah, yeah.
1: Like that mercen- uh, mercenary company that got in in some deep water. Yeah. For their operations.
0: Uh, <laughs> Blackwater got in some operations. deep
1: water. Yeah. They got in some deep black water um, for uh, their operations in the Middle East.
0: Yeah, where they and, fucked uh, up that car full of women.
1: Yeah. They- yeah and uh he based this guy basically ran a mercenary company and uh what the has has access he had access to millions of dollars so my friend is riding around with him in like some sort of like lexus or bmw suv and he's like oh wait i gotta get something out of the back and they go to the back of the car and he's got a bazooka and like an AK or some other kind of like M16, uh, just like some hardcore uh, weaponry in his truck, in his trunk. And my friend, even at the time, he wasn't like a close, close friend, but yeah. um, definitely friends. Like I went to his wedding yeah. and stuff like that. And uh, but he he just didn't see any problem with this because like it's just what this guy does. And I wasn't able. I wish maybe I, I could, but, uh, it's kind of a hard, uh, conversation to, to jump into, but like, okay, so back to your guy and his guns and the trunk. Like, I never got much out of, out of it other than this, he ran a mercenary company and he ran the Rocky Mountain Mystery School. And if you just find some interviews with that guy, he's creepy. What else can I say? He's creepy. And there's some people, I, I read some tests. Testimonies online about like uh, some of the ongoings in their cult, like how he would uh, tell people that they needed to like start cutting off people that were outside of the cult because they wouldn't understand and their their energies would interfere with what they were trying to do. And um, that's pretty much all I got to say about that. Godfrey,
0: right? It's pretty much yeah.
1: an hour, honestly.
3: yeah. It's pr- <laughs> that's is, pretty, pretty much all. My, my, uh,
1: my Forrest Gump uh, style, no, yeah, it was brilliant. Um, uh, going back to my original post, uh, on our Colts there on Reddit, yeah, and, uh, that's it. That pretty much sums up my first hand experience with Colts, and um, that was
0: I can't I can say without a doubt that this was the funniest podcast oh, I've, I've, I've 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 belted <laughs> out laughing in a couple not not at you like, with you but like this is definitely you've you had me laugh <laughs> you've got a good presentation of of uh you've got a good deadpan humor man you've you've uh thank you you've definitely got a not that i'm some fucking comedy specialist you know compliment for me might not mean shit but uh dude, you, you can tell it in a funny way man you should uh Man, yeah, I appreciate that. You could definitely. You, uh, you could definitely have write to let you go soon. Oh, dude! Hey, no, I got you, dude. You got. I know you got. You. I know I'm you sure said you got. No, you said you work nights, correct?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, that's not till later tonight, but I got to get um, back to my family you- responsibilities and whatnot. But yeah. before we go, I'd like to uh, just say thanks and ask you, like, what made you start your your podcast? <clears throat> like, what if you have goals for your podcast?
2: Sure. Or-
0: um uh, kind of a, a crash course story. I was uh I was pre med in college at the University of Georgia. I graduated in two thousand thirteen. I uh I almost failed out my freshman year when I was in that frat. And then over the next three years just kind of buckled down and got straight A's nonstop for six semesters. Published research, shadowed doctors, scored in the top scored in the ninety fifth point six percentile on the MCAT. Gotten to medical school in Miami. Really decided that I wasn't happy when I graduated. I mean, it was just really pretty miserable. Didn't have a life outside of it. It was like a one-man cult, kind of. I had cut myself off from everyone. I was just... um, Really wasn't sure this is what I wanted to do. Um, Also had an experience with psychedelics for the first time right when I graduated. And I was like, okay, now I'm really sure this isn't what I want to do. A couple months after that supposed to start medical school fall 2014 so this was spring 2014 decided it's not what i wanted to do um my oldest sibling committed suicide uh, in april 2014 and uh so that threw me for a loop so now it was like existential crisis of losing a sibling uh personal crisis of like i've been training to be a doctor and now i don't want to do it and then Mm -hmm. like like pent up crisis and that like I hadn't partied in like four years went to the number one party school in the nation but like had spent it in the library so for <clears throat> so for four years no no 2014 it's probably like two years for like two straight years all of those things kind of just came together in just a depressive anxiety-ridden weight gain drug-fueled didn't know what i wanted was like i said was searching for something was was meditating was you know became a very miserable person and uh i moved home because i uh my mental health just plummeted and uh taught myself graphic design over a couple of years and really, really this entire time i've been my remember my uncle told me he was like if you're smart enough to be a doctor you're smart enough to make Make money doing something you love, and I was like, okay. So for this entire time since I uh, since I moved home, I wanted to find a way to make money and be my own boss. You know, nothing, not be a billionaire. Just like I had, I, I had, I had the money lined up. I was going to be a doctor. Like I had that lifestyle in my hand. Fifteen thousand mm-hmm. people applied to the University of Miami Miller Medical Medi- University of Miami Miller School of Medicine. 15,000 applied 100 got in I was one of them like I had the it could have been a doctor ball wearing all white just like my little colt and uh, <laughs> And making money and um, I decided that's not what I wanted and uh, Always knew I could talk to people I mean I, for anyone listening to this you and I have you know aside from exchanging a couple of messages We've never fucking talked and uh, everyone I've ever had <clears throat> everyone I've had on this podcast. I Don't talk to you beforehand you should, I just I fucking just hit hit record and hey, let's go so I can talk to people and uh, you know, I still do graphic design and that's still I'm not that's not out of the question. Um, but I was like, man, I, like, I really I I love talking to people. I just fucking love talking to people and uh, was just looking at it. And I was like, you know, I'm not you know, I'm not trying to be a I'm not trying to be Joe Rogan. I'm not trying to get, you know, I'm not trying to be worth more money than God. But I was like, I think I could do a podcast and like, I think I could get it monetized. Like my goal is like, I want to get enough money to like move out and like get groceries. Like that's my goal is like, to me, that will be, It I've said this, I have found that it's more difficult to make money doing what you like than it is to get into medical school. So to me, it's like the (laughs) ultimate, it's like the ultimate challenge. It's almost like a form of alchemy to turn what doing what you love into a dollar. You know, you can make something cool, you can make cool artwork, you can post it online, you can get a million likes. Absolutely. But, but at what point do you turn it into a dollar? And to me that it's it's just this mysterious thing. It's this if I can turn doing what I like into money. To me that and like I said not in a, so I can be Osho and whip around in Rolls-Royce. No, like if I could pay for a gym membership, an apartment, put gas in my car and Get some chicken at the at the store. Doing what I like, to me that is, to me that's that's like that's like nirvana. That's like actualization. Like I have I have done what I've come on Earth to do. Yeah,
3: and, uh, that's
2: beautiful.
0: That's I appreciate it, man. And that's what I'm trying to do. And
3: Take it your own way.
0: Yeah, and that's what I'm trying to do. And <clears throat> I love it because everyone, I like. I mean, you're, you're episode number thirty-one. There is no. I don't have a thousand episodes to show people, you know, so everyone that comes on right now, I'm, I'm so thankful for it because it's, they don't fucking know me. They're, they're taking a chance and be like, sure, I'll give you an hour and a half of my day. Um, Mm -hmm. that's what I'm trying. Yeah. I I started December 12th, 2019. And I was like, so I just started this thing and it's, uh, it's already grown faster than I could have imagined. And it's, uh, more, more importantly, it's more fucking fun than I ever could have imagined. (laughs) Like, just that's it's great. like i'm sitting here listening and you're like he's a ninja that's not a good enough answer like like <laughs> like i'm laughing i'm laughing more on a day-to-day basis than i ever have in my life and uh yeah man that's what i'm trying to do with this good it's, on um, you
1: good on you mate As <laughs> they say. thank
0: you but yeah man hey thanks for doing it um dude you're a funny motherfucker you're always welcome to come back on if you just want to shoot the shit about whatever if you've got other, dude, if you've got other stories, you have to come back on. You have to.
1: All right, man. We'll stay in touch. Yeah. And, uh, just shoot the shit, and maybe something interesting will come
0: up. Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah, dude, yeah. It doesn't have to be about experiences. Just come on and just fucking talk shit. It doesn't All even, right. That's what I tell everyone. Like, I had one girl on who was like a powerlifter. She's like, what are we going to talk about? I was like, we can talk about anything. I had another dude on that flew drones for the Air Force. He's like, what are we going to talk about? I was like... Dude, we can talk about ice skating gorillas. I don't give a fuck. Like, we we can do whatever. But, uh, uh-huh. yeah, kind of a, a long answer. That's about all I got to say about that. That was some poor Australian uh-huh. <laughs> forest gun. Uh-huh. But, uh, uh-huh. hey, dude, I appreciate it. Um, I'll, uh, I'm, I always edit the sounds, and uh, it should be up by tonight. I'll send you the link to it. Beautiful. Dude, thank you, and, uh. Hey, I'm glad you're you, Hit it. I'm I'm glad you're. Uh, I'm glad you're doing good. If, uh, I am. If, uh, doing great. If anyone else comes up to you and they have a, they have an intriguing offer, talk to me. All right. And all I'll, right. Be like, I'll be like, hey, dude, I'm gonna have you watch your episode again and be like, stay the fuck away from these guys.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: all right, bro. Thanks. Thank you so much, man. Take care. Have a great night.
2: Keep on keeping on, brother. (laughs) I will, man.
1: Take
0: care, buddy.
2: Peace. Peace.